Welcome to Stage 16. We are back after a little absence. Mr. Roberts has been busy putting people in houses. I've been busy trying to get movies and TV shows made and uh, took a little time, but we are back. It's going to be a little kind of free-for-all today on the episode. We will talk, as I'm sure many people are talking, about the book of Boba Fett or the book of The Mandalorian, maybe? I don't know what it is. It's, it's not his show. It's not Boba Fett's show. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We will talk about the end of Mayor of Kingstown, Taylor Sheridan's show with Jeremy Renner. We'll talk a little bit about Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I've finally seen, and uh, kind of whatever else comes up, I guess, right? Definitely. So here we go. I'm not even going to, we're not even going to wait. Let's just do it. We're not going to make you listen to the music. Let's just start chatting. Let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So there is this show called The Book of Boba Fett that I'm sure that most of you have heard. And you've heard, I mean, it's we've all heard of Star Wars, I'm sure, at this point. It's, it is it is all over the place right now. And Disney's putting it out there. And I love what they're doing with it. This new show is interesting. And there's going to be a lot of spoilers that we're going to talk about with this latest episode. But I don't even think we need to say that anymore because if anybody's listening to this, they better have seen what I'm talking about or they're going to get spoiled. So I don't even want to have to get those. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is your only warning for this episode, at least. We are going to do spoilers. Well, for every episode. It's spoilers every episode, all right? So just get ready. Um, yeah, it's interesting it's interesting what what they've done with these last couple of episodes where the show is called the book of boba fett and everybody anticipates it's going to be mainly about boba fett which as everybody knows is a, a big time uh you know fanboy character from the movies and the show's kind of veered off in a different direction going back to the mandalorian going back to little baby yoda grogu bringing back Luke Skywalker. And it's interesting that uh, in the last two episodes, Boba Fett has barely been in it. Yeah. In episode five, he was not in it even once. In episode six, he was in one scene. But I have to say, the actor that plays Boba Fett, which goes back to Attack of the Clones, what's his name? Tamira Morrison. Yeah, I have to say, I've, I've never found him to be an interesting actor. I find him to be very flat very dull as to even look at frankly and as a performer and i just i've never i've never found anything really interesting about him i think part of the part of the failing of this boba fett show has been he's not that great he's not that entertaining as an actor like i said you know i don't think i think that was, i don't think he he can carry a show frankly as an actor and i wonder if I wonder if five episodes into it, as Favreau and Dave Filoni and those guys were writing it, if they basically just went, you know, this kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> let, like, we've already written, you know, five episodes or four episodes. Where, what can we do to, like, get make this interesting again? And then, Well, a lot of people, too, were, were, you know, talking about the fact that those first four episodes, the majority of it was him in the back to Tang having flashbacks to things we kind of already knew about. Yeah. So, and all, you know, and the, which wasn't was interesting like, that frankly, I mean, I, I got sick of, of seeing sand people who don't, you know, it just wasn't that interesting. All the flashbacks I thought, I mean, I did, I, I guess I did like the sand people. I like sort of seeing that they are a, a, sort of a Bedouin tribe out there in Tatooine and they, and they, 
they're not they're not the villains they're made out to be. They're essentially, you know, Native Americans who who everyone's encroaching upon and stealing their land and stealing their stealing the spice or whatever. So I I didn't mind that, but I kept thinking like even in episode four, I was going, where are they going with this? Like I kept thinking yeah. that there was there was a one of the sand people was a child or a mm-hmm. or, you know preteen, and I kept thinking. Maybe that because I don't know the books and everything. I don't know the the you know not movie stuff. I thought maybe Fennec Shand was a sand person who he kind of ended up adopting. So I kept waiting for the the grownups to get wiped out and then him to have this kid with him to mirror sort of the Mandalorian story of Grogu, and that that's where Fennec Shand came from. But you know I was wrong, and I'm sure other people, big Star Wars fans, saw that coming and knew that wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean. But but this turn that we've taken on these last two episodes, I feel like it's unprecedented. I mean, I feel like it's yeah. If I, I don't even know how to describe it, because there's just there's there's nothing there's nothing like it. it I, I, I like there's no other show that just basically stopped itself and became somebody else's show for two episodes. Um, right. Right. Somebody on Twitter hit me up and said, if if episode five had been a backdoor pilot for Book of Boba Fett, you would have been like, oh, this is awesome. This is how they set up the new series. Right. But it's not. Mm -hmm. The new series was already rolling. It's already four episodes in. So to suddenly stop and and become basically Mandalorian season three point one and two. Is super weird. It's weird. It does, though. It, it kind of works because it feels like it is. Maybe it's a course correction because most of the criticism lobbied at Boba Fett is that it is very slow moving. It's not going anywhere. And right. then you you bring right. in you know the Black Wookie, which is an awesome, awesome character. Um, you you know you had the the Hut cousins, you know, in two episodes, just very briefly, like bits and pieces of it. But then they go back to him in the back to take and they go back to his flashback and things are not that interesting. Well, this and- is the thing that other people are also saying, you know, like when when the two most talked about episodes of your series don't feature the lead person from your series, you got a problem. And I think to to some extent, you're probably right. I don't think they had I don't think Favreau had enough plot to sustain this show. I think they were just like, hey, we have this idea. What if you know, what if we do a Boba Fett show and Kathy Kenny was like, yeah, do whatever you want, guys. And he and Filoni went off and just came up with this. And then by episode four, they were like, I don't know. What does he do now? I don't know. I mean, okay, is he is he a gangster or is he a good guy? Right. And they've been setting up this kind of gangland battle where the spice runners are, the, you know, are, are encroaching on Tatooine. And now Boba Fett is kind of building muscle, you know, and building his little team to battle them so that they're definitely leading up to a season finale. I think that is probably going to, you know, obviously he's going to have the Mandalorian fighting with Boba Fett. It would surprise me if they brought Ashoka into it. Hell, it would surprise me if Luke Skywalker, you know, flew in and like got into this battle. You know, so they've been building kind of towards that, but yeah, it is really odd that four episodes in and just a seven episode arc that they do pivot. And I think that they, they really, it seemed like they realized that, Boba Fett's not that interesting. Their plot's not that interesting. And frankly, this is just my opinion, Tamara Morrison's not that interesting. He's just flat. Yeah, I mean, so so on him, you know, I, I he the first time I ever saw him was this this New Zealand movie called Once Were Warriors. And he was really good at it. Yeah, I know. And he well. was he was he was young at that time. He was probably in his thirties. 
uh, you know, it's that long ago. I don't know. He's fine as an actor. I mean, but he's like 60 something years old. So he's it's 61. not like, yeah, yeah, it's not like he's going to be doing all the crazy stuff that Boba Fett would be doing, yeah. I think. Um, and, and so you have that too. And then, you know, he's supposed to have been messed up in fighting or whatever, and then messed up in the Sarlacc and things like that. So he's got to look a certain way, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, they have one episode left for this season of Boba Fett. And it's like, at this point, I'd rather it just be with Mando. (laughs) Well, I think most people would. And in the last episode to me felt, it was interesting because it felt the most wet. It was a Western gangster thing where you had, you had them blowing up the bar. I mean, that's straight out of a gangster story. And it, and when the, uh, the new, I guess the one of the new villains who is apparently is in, yeah, yes. When he comes into it, the icon, the setting of the scene, the iconic, you know, everything about it. There was nothing. I've never seen anything as close to a western without actually being a western. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. it was exactly what it was. And by the way, that character who, of course, is pulled from you know Star Wars canon, that Dave Filoni, you know, all the Clone Wars and whatever things that you and I, are, yeah, it comes from the cartoon, right? Yeah. Things you and I are not familiar with. That character was awesome. I have to say, yeah, really cool. The way the, car- the the camera was so tight on his face and his voice, and I'm going, holy shit! Like this character, yeah, the voice is was just- cool, and the way the mouth even moved. Like I, yeah. I, I'm assuming that was animatronic, but that was awesome. Yeah, it looked great. So it, it kind of goes back to the first two episodes, two seasons of The Mandalorian, where it it was kind of boring the first half and then it really kicked into high gear for like the last two episodes and i wish they would i wish they could pace it better i mean this is not yeah 20 it's not 22 episodes it's not even 13 episodes it's not even 10 so it's a shame that it's taking this long to get to where people are finally going holy cow this thing's awesome and and then you have one episode left yeah wonder yeah and, and and it is odd too like you said that it has literally pivoted from one series to another which is obviously all in the same world it almost would have made more sense if they had this wasn't called the book of boba fett it was just called like like star wars it was just like you're like a game of thrones you know well i know yeah the the, the guys from uh peter serrata from slash film and he he does a podcast as well called the slash film podcast he was saying that somehow like he loved the last two episodes like i think you and i did and I think most everyone else did who who's watching these. Right. But he even said, I, I felt weird about it. And I would have felt better about it if, if, if it was called The Mandalorian, uh, subtitled The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And then, and then you know, him, then, then Mandalorian showing up wouldn't be weird. It would just be, okay, that's the story. At the end of the day, Boba Fett is a Mandalorian. So it is odd that they, this has been completely different. Yeah. Oh, whatever. So let's talk. We haven't really talked about this. Everybody, everybody kind of anticipated that in episode six that Luke Skywalker and Grogu were coming back. Now, I did not anticipate that at the beginning of the season at all, because just like we didn't anticipate that the Mandalorian was going to come back. We thought, okay, this is strictly Boba's story. In season three of the Mandalorian, which they are filming now, maybe Luke will come back. Maybe they'll get into it. So when they got to episode five and they totally set up that he was going to go find Grogu and, and check on him. Everybody anticipated it. Well, I didn't. I thought, you know, when they when they t- did an entire episode of the Book of Boba Fett on the Mandalorian going to visit the armorer right. and and having the fight over the dark saber, 
I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Okay, so they're setting up Mando season three. Yeah. And that would be that. And I thought in episode six, we would go back to the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, wait for season three of Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when season, or uh, when episode six started, I was just like, wait, what? Are we, we're still doing, like, that's Cobb Vanth, which again, any excuse to have more Timothy Oliphant on screen yeah. anywhere in anything, yeah. I'm I'm down with. Happy, love that guy. Um, I and I even dig that character. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I was like, okay, cool, cool. We're gonna go back to him. I guess you know, Boba Fett is gonna get involved with him because of these spice runners and all that. Yeah. But then no, still no Boba Fett. Yeah. So yeah, it was just like g- g- confusing, I guess. But let's talk about something that is not confusing and that is just straight awesome. <laughs> Luke's. So when he goes to the planet, and at that point, you know, oh man, they're gonna show Luke. They're gonna show Luke. Yeah. And then they show those those like spider bot workers building the Jedi Temple, which he's going to train, which you see, you know, burning down in uh, in the the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And you're going, oh my god, that's awesome that they're. They really aren't showing the genesis of that. They're building it yeah. right now. And then to go to Luke, which, holy shit, did it look amazing. It, I mean, it, it, everybody knew. I mean, the reason everybody anticipated Luke was coming back at some point, either in this or in another show, is because everybody knows that after his episode in the finale of The Mandalorian, that there was a deep faker yeah. that did his own version of that scene and blew everybody away. Shamook. Yeah. Shamook is his name. On, you know, Twitter, I guess. Right. So ILM very wisely hires this guy and says, you're going to come work for ILM. And everybody had heard that. And the assumption was he's going to work on Luke. And obviously he did. And it was incredible. I mean, it it looked so astonishing. 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 It looks so much more genuine than he looked in the last film. And they've done CG humans before but they've never you know i look i thought what they did with peter cushing and rogue one looked great i thought that was fantastic it was impressive it was impressive impressive. but not to this level not as impressive with leia correct in in the last sequence yeah but they they have never done never in 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 film and and computer generated history has this been done and it wasn't like one scene it wasn't two scenes it was literally you know, of a 50-minute episode, I think Luke had 15. It was like 40 minutes. Yeah, he probably had about that much screen. It was unbelievable. It literally was like his episode, him training Grogu. And it, it kind of showed that, wow, they, based on what I saw, if you said we're doing a, a seven-up, eight-episode Luke Skywalker training the young Jedi and doing his thing, it's going to be all, you know, using body double and then CG and whatever, I would 100% buy into that and go i am in and it it's incredible i thought that that i thought everything they did there looked amazing i couldn't believe it. like it, it was it was astonishing is the word yeah and and i watched it before you and we know that because i texted you during but i literally i said holy fuck like six times yeah in the first five minutes you're saying like i yeah. could not believe it and it was this sort of like your brain knows that mark hamill is 70 yeah. And your brain knows like you're it was so good that you were almost like, did they just lift footage? Did they just like mm-hmm. go into the archives and lift some some raw material of Jedi and plop him in there and mat him in? I mean, it was just it, it's incredible. But here here's what the potential what I think what is so exciting about it is that when 
The Force Awakens and Last Jedi came out. The thing that made people sad about it was a lot of things made people sad about parts of those films, but the fact that there's so much story with Luke training these Jedi and building this temple and you want, yeah. you wanted to see that and you go, man, I, I would just give anything to be able to see that story, you, you know, because it, it, that's more entertaining than what's going on here. If we, you know, we want to see Jedi Luke in his prime after Return Jedi yeah. and doing what he's doing. It's incredible. And, but you never thought that that was in the realm of possibility. It's like, they, they just can't do it. Mark Hamill, you can't do it. You, they can do it now. They, I mean, they, they have. It took them. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know Force, Force Awakens came out seven years ago. So in the last seven years, there's been so you know so many uh, advancements in this technology that you really do look at it and you go, they could do it. They could tell the whole story of of him training young uh, Ben Solo, and they could. I mean, they could literally just do this. And it's it's terribly exciting as a Star Wars fan because yeah. that's what you want to see and. You know, I'm still, we've talked about this before, that we're, we both get really kind of blown away when we watch this show because we go, it is still surreal watching a Star Wars series and watching a Star Wars series that looks this good. So that, At that quality level. At yeah. that quality level. So even like a bad, boring episode of The Mandalorian or Boba Fett, you still are watching and you're going... I wish it were better, but God, it's still Star Wars. Like there, yeah. there's Jawas yeah. and there's the, you know, and it's incredible what they're doing. So when they bring in a like a really high end, high quality, good episode like this, yeah, it takes it to a, a surreal level. Where as a Star Wars fan, our entire lives, you just go, this, this blows my mind. I never thought this is yeah, this is what like fifteen year old me wished I would have. Right, see, been able to see. Although if they'd done it then, it wouldn't look this good. No, so it would have been like on. It would have been like, like on the know. Disney Channel, and it would have looked like. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it would have looked like a or not not even the Disney Channel. I mean, because at that point, Luke is still on. Who knows where it would have been? But it, it would have been on television. It would have been like Battlestar Galactica, correct. Or it would have you know Buck Buck Rogers, Star Wars, Deep Space Nine, or Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. It would have been like one of those yeah. things, and it, and yeah. not, it would have had that level of quality. So I, I, now they they're at this level of what they're doing. It's amazing, and it is really exciting because I, I really, and I've said this so many times we've talked about this, that I have a feeling this Obi-Wan series that is coming out is literally going to just stun any fans of Star Wars because you have, obviously, you have Ewan McGregor, you have Hayden Christensen, full-blown Darth Vader. That timeline is so, like, I just think that that show is going to just, I feel like Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which have been okay, they've been fine, have kind of been Disney, you know, learning the, you know, the the trickery of how the what's it called the how they're filming it on the stages with yeah, the, in, the, in the volume and on the in the volume, the, yes, the like learning track, all yeah. that. I have a feeling that when Obi Wan premieres, that people are just like I like that every single episode is almost going to be like this last one was with Luke. We're just going to be going. God, I hope that. so, man. I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, my problems with Mandalorian and with Boba Fett, I, I have consistent problems with the writing. So, I do too, 100%. Um, and, you know some, I, and you know something else, not to cut you off, but I think that, and this goes into with the writing, the show has done certain things where they've done like the Star Wars version of what is like in human life where he's going through customs to get on a train they're like a, like a spaceship and they're like oh you have to put your weapons in here or when mandalorian goes into um 
he in the last episode he goes into like the meat the meat cutting thing where the you know those those aliens yeah yeah and I look at that and I go Star Wars is never done you don't you know it's like taking two two common things common yeah, things and just slapping yeah. aliens into it and go and I think that's that doesn't work like I think that's kind of goofy when they do that it, it, and. It, it, I, it, some, it's hard for me to verbalize, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it just, uh, I don't yeah. need to see like a meat locker like I would in a Rocky film or like I would in, you know, the meatpacking district in New York where they're cutting, you know, slides of beef and then all of a sudden there's aliens doing it. Oh, well. Yeah, I, well, and to just to go another one further, like, for example, in, in episode six, you know, Ahsoka shows up and meets and yeah. Mando there. Yeah. And there, and why? She doesn't do anything. She has no real purpose. Like, why wasn't it just Luke that meets him and says, like, hey, man, you can't talk to him right now. It'll you break wanna, his training. You want to know why? I, think. I know why, because they're because they're reminding us that she's going to have her own series. Yeah. But, like, other that's, than that. I like, think that's the only reason. She yeah, has I think no purpose to be there. And it, and it was, like, the, the whole thing with her was, like, super kind of boring. It was, like, you know, yeah. the R2 bit, the bit with R2 was awesome. Yeah, when he's like asking questions of R two and R two is like, I'm not answering you, dude. <laughs> like tells the yeah. tells the spider bots or builder bots to like make him a bench so he can sit down. He's <laughs> like, it's I like gonna, that. It's gonna yeah. be a while, man. But no, they. I guarantee you that was because Favro and Filoni, I think, are running the show on the Ashaka, Osaka. Osaka. How do you Ahsoka. say that name? So yeah, that spin off. So I guarantee you, they said, "Let's have her in there." I mean, why not? Let's just remind people that she's coming. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I get it. I get it. But it was just kind of like, oh boy, you know. So let me ask you a question, Sean. It, at the end of the episode, it's Grogu kind of has to make a choice. Yeah. Like you're either yeah. going to be a Jedi, or you know, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Because I I feel pretty confident. I know it's going to. Well, here's the thing, and. and this is the first thing that came to mind when I was watching that Yoda basically gave Luke the same choice. Yeah. It was like, you need to stay here and complete your training. Let your friends deal with their own stuff with the empire and whatever. Yeah. And Luke said, no, I'm yeah. leaving and I'm going yeah. to be with my friends. I think that Grogu is going to do the same thing and go back to Mando. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because, because why would you keep your cutest little merchandising tool Correct. off the show? Correct. <laughs> I think that's a hundred percent, and I think that they are they are clearly setting up season three of Mandalorian, where it's going to be him and Grogu, and he's instead of him, you know, having to get Grogu somewhere safe, he's just going to be like his companion. Is he's protecting him, whatever. But a hundred percent, I think, and and, and it also kind of makes sense because. As I've read a lot of stuff, a lot of articles about this too, where people are going, you know, where like the Jedi Temple burns down later. We know what all happens there. Grogu never, you know, we who knows whatever happened to Grogu. I'm sure that'll be explained later. I just don't see him staying there. I think that he's in the in the storyline. It's going to be that was Luke's kind of first student, but he chose a different path, and he's going off to be with the Mandalorian, and he's going to be wearing his little armor, and that's what he's going to do. But I also do think that it it is it creates solution for season three of Mandalorian where when they were configuring that they're probably going this the appeal of this show the reason this show is so popular partially is because people love that character Rogue yeah but here's a question he's he's non-verbal I mean it doesn't mean they can't make him verbal next season in whatever you know in the in the age of uh whatever species he is 
uh, he's like 50 years old or whatever, but that's still a, that, that's still an infant in his species. So, yeah, I mean, you know, a whole season of Mando having to just like carry him around and him eating frogs and whatever. I mean, is that even appealing? It it was good for for the last season, but a whole nother season of it? Yeah. What are they going to do? I agree. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I've never really loved the Mandalorian show. Anyway, just like I don't really love this Boba Fett. I think it, it is in the Star Wars world and it's tolerable. And then some episodes are really good. I, I gr- totally agree. I think that if you do that, Grogu is like the side character who's interesting, but continuing to write an entire series with, you know, with that, a nonverbal character, and, you know, who I he's mean, he's basically a, he's a puppy that doesn't grow up to be a dog. So yeah. if you have, you know, yeah, he has powers and he can lift things in the air and whatever. But I mean, how, you know, how much mileage are you going to get out of that before people are like, okay, I've had enough actually. Well, at the end of season two, it really felt like that they had completed that story. Like Grogu was on a mission to protect or not Grogu, but uh, Mandalore was on a mission to protect him and, and deliver him somewhere safe. And he did. And he did it. Yeah. So it, that it, as sad as it is to like, to see that you kind of go, okay, well that's the end of that story. Well, and a lot of so, people yeah. have been saying too, in regard to that, they didn't expect to see Grogu come back so soon. Right. And the fact that he, like it feels like Favreau and Filoni are tying themselves into knots that they they cannot get out of. Yeah. Uh, and and they're just going to have to walk in the room with these knots uh, around their hands, you know, like Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see uh next week what what the last episode of Boba Fett is for this season. But I, you know what I I'm going to make a prediction and this they may do this. I mean, but what I think it may end up happening is that Grogu does choose, you know, to go back to the Mandalorians we talked about, and I think that there is going to be a big battle with these these villains and this new bounty hunter with Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, his hipster team that he's got <laughs> with him, the Black Wookie, whatever. And what I anticipate is that Luke is going to come into come into the scene just like he did at the end of of season two. He's going to have Grogu with him and he's going to basically kick ass, kind of save the day. And then he's going to say, Grogu has made a choice, Mandalorian. Here you go. God oh, bless. Okay. I'm so the, the manner of getting Grogu back to Mando is, is to show up and help out a little in the battle. Like he'll show up in his X wing and, I think and so. you know, yeah. Yeah. Come down and lightsaber and chop some. Yeah. I do think that that, what do you think? That makes sense, right? Yeah. It's a good way. It's a way to get him back. I mean, uh, without having to have Mando, you know, get a phone call and have to go back to wherever they were and pick him up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe Ahsoka drops him off. Maybe she just shows up and drops him off and that sets up her show or something like that. Or, or better yet, the both of them come in. Here's the other thing though. Like they introduced Cad Bane, Cad Bane. Yeah shoots uh Cobb Vanth uh which you know I hope to god he lives uh cuz we liked him Oliphant but um that's setting up, I mean are they that's certainly not going to resolve in one episode I'm assuming Cad no. Bane is now on track for I don't know Book of Boba Fett season 2 I have just Mandalorian season 3 I Yeah mean, but I mean that? like yeah. yeah they're just they're crisscrossing themselves too much I think they need to figure out what story they're telling to a degree but i do think that they are very much putting themselves in their the marvel playbook where everything is going to cross set you know and and, and which makes yeah. sense it is it is all the same galaxy they're different timelines 
And I'll make another, here's another thought is people have been really impressed with this black Wookiee. And I know they've already filmed the Obi-Wan series, but I wonder if he's going to show up in that because you know that in the canon, you could see the scar on the black Wookiee's face. Obi-Wan gave him that scar. Did you know this? Okay. No, I didn't know. Yeah. So I read up on the history of that and in the comic books, there was a point when that bounty hunter, that Wookiee was sent after Obi-Wan and it was... It was when Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. So it's during the time that the series is going to take place. And right. that, um, yeah, that basically he got in this big this big fight with Obi-Wan. He's extremely strong. And Obi-Wan slashed his face with a lightsaber, gave him that scar. So I, do, I, I, I yeah, know Obi-Wan. Maybe, maybe he'll cross over, yeah. Yeah, I know it's only six yeah. episodes, but that would be an awesome episode to see that put on film. Just the look of that Wookiee is awesome. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, look. As you've said, like we're we're getting an embarrassment of riches. I, I do wish the scripts were better quality, uh, to be honest. And I've liked Favreau as a writer. I mean, I'm going back to Swingers and whatever. But I do wish it was better written. But having said that, yeah, I mean, I'm down for whatever. I'll keep watching these shows because no matter what, they're Star Wars and they're cool. But um, one more thing on this. You sent me an IndieWire article uh, where somebody once again asked Sebastian Stan whether he would be willing to take over the role of Luke. So the question is, at this point, I mean, look, he really does look like him. He doesn't sound like him, which, you know, the way they're doing it now, they actually get Mark Hamill to come in and voice it. But would you be as interested in a Luke series if it were Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker? Or would you rather they CG the whole thing? I would honestly, either one be fine. I would be perfectly happy with either one, but I don't think that they would do a Sebastian Stan version at this point. I think that they have they have clearly shown, look, we can do Luke. Like, and, and guess what? This is only going to get better as technology does. This is only going to get better. We can do this. If they were to do, I don't, and I don't know if they'll actually say we're going to do a Luke series, but maybe Luke continually pops up. Maybe Luke in different shows shows you know whatever in the next season of mandalorian he comes back whatever i i think that if they had not perfected this technology and gotten to basically showed what they showed us in this last episode i would say the sebastian stan thing is definitely a possibility but i don't think i don't think they're going to do that at this point i think i think it would almost be jarring since they've established to switch this, it now, yeah, yeah, to switch that and go, well, we just decided we're going to keep Luke, but we decided it's cheaper and easier to do it with Sebastian Stan, and we're going to go that route. No, I don't think I do that. Yeah, I mean, Disney owns ILM now, so they're basically paying themselves to do the work to create young Luke. So, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, exactly. So anyway, yeah, uh, one episode left of Book of Boba Fett, and we will. Uh, talk about that i'm sure once we've seen it next week indeed um let's talk about mayor of kingstown season one ended of course paramount plus announced that they have picked it up for a second season not surprising um what did you think about the ending of that show um i thought it was great i thought it was yeah i thought it was really cool i liked it i liked it that it got it was big you know they clearly that was where a lot of that budget was spent was doing that whole prison riot um yeah I think the show of Taylor Sheridan's new, you know, he with yell, we talked about it. We talked about it every episode because it's so prolific. He's always got something for us to talk about. Out of Yellowstone, eighteen eighty three, and uh, and Kingstown, which are his kind of three yeah. at the moment that are currently on. 
I think Kingstown is kind of the, the lesser of the three, frankly, as far as the writing goes and just the story, whatever. But it's still better than 90% of what else is on television. And I, I thought it was great. Can't wait for the next season. I love Jeremy Renner. I like that world that he's in. I would, you and I talked about this, that it, it would be a kind of cool if he got away from the prison stuff a little bit, you know, but I don't think they're going to, because I think that the whole concept of that town is that there's several prisons and that is the- Yeah, apparently Hugh Dillon, who is the co-creator with him and who was an actor in Wind River, apparently Hugh Dillon grew up in a town that has like nine prisons in it or something ridiculous. So yeah. that is what their baseline is for that show. I, I wish they'd get out of there too, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't think that's going to change either. But that's okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a big season for now. I mean, it was uh there was a lot going on there. Very expensive episode of television. Um pretty pretty impressive overall. Um I kept waiting for them to, you know, again spoilers. I I kept waiting. I was like, are they really going to kill off his other brother? Um Renner's other brother. Younger brother, I guess. Um and I thought, boy, that'd be ballsy, you know, leave him all by himself. But no, they didn't do that. Uh, he survived. What they did do was kill off the guy who was the horrible rapist in Wind River, who they also carried over onto this show. Which, by um, the way, Sean, that actor showed up as a new character in the in the newest episode of 1883. So, my <laughs> really? fi- yeah, so I, I, he's clearly, he's in Taylor Sheridan's camp. And Taylor's like, yeah, so. Well, uh, good we, for him. Yeah. Sheridan we, takes care of his friends. He, like he really does. You know that that's the deal. It's like, don't worry. We're just, you, we just killed your character. But here's first class ticket to Texas. Let's go. You know, I mean. <laughs> we're good. Well, and he fits in it. He fits in a cowboy world. That he guy, does. So, he I does. Mean, and he's only in one scene. But he in, in the latest episode, he's kind of being introduced as like. He's gonna he's gonna get on the trail with him and be a new character going forward, and right. he fit, fits right into that. Long hair, he's got the beard. Yeah, he fits right into that. You know, we're also talking talking of Yellowstone, which I haven't watched, although I hear they're gonna port it over to Paramount Plus now, so maybe I'll be able to. Check That's it out. well, they're trying. They're trying. Yeah. What I what I recently read is that Paramount has made very pricey overtures to Peacock, who they mistakenly sold the rights to that to about three <laughs> years ago, to try and buy it back. Or at least try and share streaming rights with them on that. But Peacock, they're holding firm. <laughs> Peacock's like, we don't really have anything, so fuck off. <laughs> they don't. No, they really don't. And it is it is really confusing. Like, like, I get it and you get it, but your common public doesn't understand. Like, well, it's a Paramount show. Why is it not on the Paramount Plus app? But the Yellowstone prequel is on the Paramount, but it's on Peacock. Like, it really, truly is yeah. one of the all-time yeah. kind of clusterfucks within the industry. Yeah, it's a blunder. Big, big blunder. Time, big blunder. And what I'm reading in these articles, I'm trying to find, but I know it's not being disclosed anywhere, is what is what was the timeline that they signed the rights over to Peacock? Was it two years, five years, a hundred years? Like I'm trying because yeah. eventually it's got to yeah. revert back and they would have to renew that and then all Paramount would do is say, No, we're taking it back. But nowhere has I have I been able to find it. Which makes me think that they may have screwed the pooch so badly. That they did some, they did some sort of a like deal, like a five-year deal, yeah. Well, like a five-year deal, but not only that, but Peacock reserves the right to basically buy it back. It, it, like, hey, if we want it back, we're getting it back. Here's your money, you know. Like Paramount can't take it back from them. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all yeah. if that's the case, because you're right. Peacock doesn't have anything else that anybody's watching on there. That's one of the lowest, yeah, lowest kind of you know rated apps out there, and I have it, and I watch. 
you know what I watch on? I watch old Cheers, like old NBC shows. <laughs> Literally, like I'm watching Cheers on it. They did have um, the new Halloween sequel, you know, did a day and date release in October oh, yeah. with them. Yeah. And there's a new uh, movie with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson that premieres Valentine's Day, day and date on yeah, Peacock. It looks pretty awful. It looks awful. awful. My wife will love it. It's awful. a Jennifer Lopez romantic comedy. So I do, oh, I man. like that they're putting those on there. And I really, really hope that the new Halloween that they're filming right now that's coming out in October, I really, really hope that they do a day and date release on that too and don't keep it um, exclusively theatrical. But yeah, so the app's fine, but it, it needs it needs to have its Paramount Plus moment where Paramount Plus is, it took them a while to get going, but with 1883, with Kingstown, with this new Godfather, uh, Godfather making of Godfather. Yeah, the offer. It looks phenomenal. The offer. Yeah. The Stallone series, which Taylor Sheridan, I think is probably going to premiere this summer on there because they start filming it in March. Right. So my guess is probably by June. So for, for anybody listening that doesn't know, um, the offer is about the making of the Godfather movie. Um, and it's literally, it's about Robert Evans, the producer, the prolific producer at that time, Coppola. I mean, like all the players are there, Al Ruddy and it's, uh, they've just released a trailer. So if you search YouTube and look up the offer trailer, it, it just looks cool. It looks it's, great. Uh, Miles Teller, who I'm not a huge fan of, but yeah, he replaced Army Hammer. Yeah. In that role but it, but yeah. it, um, uh, and it's Matthew Good is playing Robert Evans and it's just, it looks great. It looks fun. So they have that. Yeah. And then they're they're now. I mean, it'll probably be a couple of years before we get these, or at least a year. They're going to do an urban cowboy series for Paramount Plus. They are going to do a flash dance <laughs> series uh, that Justin Simeon, who makes uh, Dear White People, is going to adapt and direct that. Uh, they have a Kiefer Sutherland spy series called Rabbit Hole that premieres in the fall. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Right? And they've now. They have so we talked about it before. They had Lizzie Kaplan in the uh, role that Glenn Close played of Alex, uh, and now yeah. they've cast Joshua Jackson, who most yeah. people know from Dawson's Creek, Pacey Witter, uh, but he was on The Affair. I want to say is the name of that show. Yeah, and and been doing good work in the last few years. So now he's going to be the Michael Douglas role. Um, it is interesting the way they are tapping into their. Um, they really are just tapping into their, you know, kind of archives of films and going. Oh, they're just with. opening the vault and going remake, yeah. remake, remake, remake. Yeah, yeah. What can we do? What can we remake here? And why not? I mean, with it, you know, most. I mean, but it is, it is annoying. I mean, they just announced yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, but J.J. Abrams. First, J.J. Abrams is doing a new Stephen King series, which they're kind of aligned. Which okay, that's cool. Uh, but they announced yesterday that they are going to reboot as a series Presumed Innocent, the Harrison Ford I film. Didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I just was like, come on, guys. Like, can we – we've seen these things. Do we have to see them again? <laughs> Do we have to like – you know, are we getting a Top Gun series next year about Top Gun with a bunch of young TV people? Yes. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, Sean, I hadn't even thought about that because I forgot there was even a Top Gun sequel. Um, so whenever, <laughs> whenever this, whenever Paramount finally decides to bestow the Top Gun sequel upon us, I, I don't think there will be a Top Gun three because no. I don't think, I don't think that they will. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be a Top Gun. It took them thirty five years to do the sequel. I don't think there's gonna be another. But that is actually really interesting. <laughs> like you just hit on something that if they did do. 
a series. You you could do a series. You just won't have Maverick. Well, in it, but you do a no, series. but you do a series about Top Gun, about young young yeah, hotshot pilots sure. coming in, and that's really interesting. Um, you could, yeah, we you could do we it. We just created this, so let's get Jerry Brockheimer on the phone. We just created this. This is a great idea. You could, <laughs> but pitching the Top Gun series. I will say though, the 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 hook of Top Gun and apparently the hook of this sequel appears to be that it's all real flying, that it's not CG. And if you did a series, you know, you know, what's funny though, is I saw an article in which Jerry Bruckheimer, cause I was looking for, I, I think I was looking up when, when the re- new release date is now, which it's still holding at may, right? That's what the, the current is. Um, but I was looking up to check that. And I came across like a USA today article with Jerry Bruckheimer, where he says, no, Tom did not fly the F 18 we ultimately could not get permission to do that. And I was like, Oh, well, there's a pilot behind him. Weird. It looks there. There's somebody in the cockpit with him behind him. So the F 18 has two people in it. So maybe that's what he's talking about is that Tom actually, that's probably what he's talking about. Sean is that Tom is a pilot and Tom probably was like, Hey, give me the joystick. I can fly this thing. And the Navy said, no, said you will pretend to fly. And that's the same thing with the other guys in the film, I'm sure. But behind them, yeah is the person that's actually piloting the jet. So I think that that's what they meant because there's they're up in those jets. Yeah, but I had I had heard like all the flying is real and Tom's flying because Tom's a pilot. No. And Tom flew helicopter on the mission movies and now he's well, going to fly these. Or he's going to fly the, you know, at least the F14 for those sequences, but I don't know. Yeah, see so the other thing I want to mention so we were just talking about Yellowstone, um they are renewed for season 5. Uh, season four, not as well received. Again, I haven't seen it uh, as as the other seasons. Um, but the interesting news that came out along with that was that Kevin Costner is going to step back into the director's chair for a new feature, and it's another Western, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, I like that. And it was interesting because they said it's going to start filming August 29th in New Mexico. And so they went ahead and... and when they said that date, I went, okay, so then they start filming Yellowstone in May. As soon as Yellowstone wraps, he'll be on that film. But what's interesting about that is that he's a director as well. It's interesting that he's going to be able to act in Yellowstone and prep a film as a director at the same time. Um, maybe maybe he's doing the Eastwood method, which is, you know, Eastwood doesn't scout anything. Eastwood looks at yeah. everyone on tape. He doesn't actually cast, you know, in a room. Well, the other thing, too, is Costner is definitely not in every scene of Yellowstone. In fact, he's in maybe a third of each episode because it really is yeah. an ensemble. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy but this is the stuff. first time he's directed since, if, if I'm not mistaken, Open Range. 2003. So by the time the film comes out, I'm in 20 years since he's directed. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm in. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm in. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting. He probably has to thank Taylor Sheridan for, for you know. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, we had The Harder They Fall last year from from Netflix, but it's not like people are greenlighting westerns left and right. So No, and I think, yeah, I think Taylor Sheridan, I think Stallone's going to have some big thanks for Taylor Sheridan too because I have a feeling that this show he's getting ready to do with him is going to be really good and probably not that Stallone is, you know, not hot or whatever. I mean, but the fact is, is it, I think it will make Sly more relevant 
in pop culture. I mean, right it's now. a type of thing. It's the type of thing that Sly will probably get like an Emmy nomination out. Absolutely. of. Absolutely, it's it's that kind of role. It's that kind yeah. of role, and I think people are going to go, "Damn, like this is." It, it took a writer like him, like Sheridan, yeah. and a role like. This. And this is the first year, right? That that Yellowstone has cracked into the awards conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Indeed. Yeah, it's a good move for Sly. Um, one more thing, which uh, we never got to talk about because I hadn't seen it, um, but I did get to look at Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh. I, boy, I don't even know how to put it. I I, I like it. I, it, yeah. was, it, it was like you said. It was okay. My biggest yeah. problem with it is it's just not funny. Where's the humor? Not, not at all. Yeah, the first two movies are comedies. They're, yeah. you know, they try to do some silly stuff with, with, uh, Paul Rudd. It also di- it had like, you know, uh, the force awakens itis in that it was, it just literally did the same story again. Mm-hmm. It had the same dialogue again. Are mm-hmm. you a God? I mean, that was kind of funny. The response to it now. Now, what do you think of that, Sean, that when Zool actually came back and that it was, what's her name? That actor, we haven't seen in a long time. Olivia, Olivia Wilde. She's been directing now. Yeah, I mean, what did, yeah, what did you think when that when that is? I wasn't expecting like the Zool then the hair to be this. Well, I know, but I already, I uh, it had been spoiled so for it, me okay. because everybody had seen it. Yeah, yeah, I knew everything. I knew, I yeah. knew Harold was coming back, um, which that that was cool. So my favorite part of the whole movie was the last like ten minutes. Well, of and course. then the post credit sequence, yeah, of and then the post post credit sequence, which set up a sequel in back in New York. Yeah. Yeah, with with maybe not with Bill and 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 Dan, but that basically Winston Zeddemore has become a wealthy man and he'll he'll front yeah. a new Ghostbusters, yeah. right? But that was cool, and the bit with Egon was was nicely done. It was a tribute to, to him. It was I, yeah, they okay, did a good job with with that. Yeah, they, they yeah, they it was heartfelt, and I teared up. I mean, I I for for a little while when I was a teenager, I grew mm-hmm. up right around the corner from Harold. And so I worked with his daughter, Violet, and we were friends and we still talk. Like I, as soon as it ended last night, I texted her and said, you know, that, that it was nice of you to let them do that. Cause she gave, you know, her approval for them to be able to do that. And I, so I just, yeah, I thought that was really sweet and a nice tribute, but the, but the movie overall was I just kind of flat. It just kind of. Just okay. You know, it, yeah. It was long too. I mean, it felt, I don't know. It, it was just, like it two was... hours and four minutes, I think. It, but it felt even longer to me. It just wasn't, especially the first hour. The first hour was just my God, like come on, yeah. Get to the get to the meat potatoes. Yeah. Get to the goes. Well, and that, but a that's the thing. Stuff. And then like you know the, I don't know the goes are of it. It's like you know when they brought out J.K. Simmons as as Evo Shandor, the guy who had built the New York high rise that was Dana's apartment, all this kind of stuff. You know, okay, so he's had J.K. Simmons in all of his movies, and then they had Tracy Letts playing like the guy at the, you know, the locksmith shop or whatever, because he's married to Carrie Coon, but he's a really good actor and a really great writer. And it was so weird to give him a role. That's basically nothing. Because I mean, he, I guess, well, he was just, he probably was there. I mean, I thought, he, yeah, he know. was like, my wife's going to be there for like three months. I guess I'll just come out. Filmed it, Canada, um, so but, I'm sure he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on set. Yeah. A lot of people had problems with that little kid that plays podcast. Uh, I didn't, I thought that kid was all right. Was fine. The cast overall was fine. They were good. Um, but for me, like so many things and my, the biggest offense to me was the mini puffs. They shouldn't have been there. 
I disagree. I like them. I thought they were funny. I I know that you they you are funny, it. but there's no reason for them to be there. Oh, the Stay Puft Marshall Man, Marshmallow Man was because Ray tried to clear his head. He literally says in the first movie, "It just popped in there." I I was trying to think of the most innocent thing I could. It was us sitting around the campfire roasting marshmallows. That's why the second movie was the Statue of Liberty. So why didn't the Statue of Liberty show up in the in the Walmart? No, because look, because in the world of Ghostbusters, Stay Puft marshmallows are a thing. It's like going out and buying cheerios. Fine, but why? Why did? Why didn't like you know toys uh, start driving around the toy <laughs> aisle or something? My point is, the marshmallow is connected to Ray Stance. Nothing. Nobody else. Nothing else. <laughs> So the and the mini puffs and I'll oh, give you something else. Going even one further, there's a moment where the mini puffs are hopping around on a grill inside the uh, Walmart, and they actually uh, turn it on. The flames come on. What fucking grill in a Walmart anywhere in America has the propane tank connected to it? Like I'm sorry right, to be realistic. I'm sorry to be realistic Sean, about it, but let's you're not going off the rails. It's Look, a, can we, uh, speaking of realistic, hold on. I'm, I'm, fan, it's nuts. fan gotta, service gotta, for fan we'll service. Get in here a little bit. It's okay. But let's talk about something that was cool. How about the Gozer dogs being animatronic? How good did they look? I yeah, thought that was amazing. They looked amazing. I love that. And that would have been so easy to CG. That is, I have all the same complaints you have about that film, except the marshmallow. And I disagree with you a thousand percent. I love those guys. But they could have easily stupid. gone a CG route. They're, stupid. they're not stupid. They are stupid. I, they don't belong there. I, I do like that they said if we're gonna have Gozer dogs in the film, let's do let's do them animatronic. We'll mix in some CG, just like they did in the original film, the stop motion animation. But let's have the animatronic dog there. I love that. That had to be very expensive to build. It was it cool. Had to be a lot of work. They look beautiful. Yeah. And by the way, the CG one looks great too. The one that was sitting on the hood of the car looked great. It, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, and and the scene, you know, I mean, I guess I didn't love. I guess I'll say it this way. When it starts chasing him inside the Walmart and it slips on the floor, I was like, okay, cool. F that floor is like yeah. linoleum. It's slippery as shit. You didn't like that he slipped on the concrete no, outside? No, he like slips like six more times. He doesn't, I mean, like every time it chases somebody, it slips. Um, I liked Listen, I liked how it like there was a there was a scene in the film right before where they showed a guy waxing the floor in Walmart. So his feet were slippery. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm yeah. I was like, wait, that's a deleted scene. I didn't see the, 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 the man waxing. Um All right, so let me ask you this. The film did fairly well at the box office. I mean, whatever. It did okay. Do you think that that there's going to be a sequel? That they there will be a sequel in New York with Winston Zeddemore I mean, do you think that the film well, there will Look, be one. You and I talked about this for years before this movie existed, actually even before the 2016 movie existed. I said it's the easiest it's the easiest franchise to continue making movies from because you sure. just say that there are literal franchises of Ghostbusters in every city. There's a there's a Boston Ghostbusters, isn't there's a Florida Ghostbusters. They just have it's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, they're everywhere. Right. And you just get a series of, you know, known actors or young actors or whatever from TV and just keep doing these movies. And if they're good movies, they'll be they'll be a success. I don't know. Like, do I want to. I thought the, the main little girl, McKenna Grace, she's also from The Handmaid's Tale. She's excellent. Mm -hmm. She's a perfect like daughter, uh, granddaughter for Egon. She's yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Do I need a movie where she and Finn Wolfhard are, are the Ghostbusters? 
No, not really. I no, don't. No. Um, I don't. I could care if, less if, if they did a sequel or not. Even if, I guess here's the big question. This question for you: If they do a sequel, and it's Winston and Aykroyd, but no Murray, and obviously no Ramis because he's passed on, are you interested in a Ghostbusters that is Aykroyd, Zetamore, uh, you know, Stance, Zetamore, and I don't know two other people that they bring in? Well, that's an easy that's an easy question. Yes, I'm interested in it. Do I? really care that much no i mean but like that's an interesting concept i like ghostbusters but if they said it's never gonna happen i'm not gonna gosh that's something i really wanted to see i really want to see that version of it i really wish no no i don't i yeah that's the thing and uh by the way in the special features because i looked at those um Aykroyd makes a pitch for a high school set ghostbusters as a series uh you know i mean look Sony has this whole ghost core thing now, which I guess is run by the two Reitmans. Um, I felt like this was a, it, it, it really did. A lot of people when it came out said it felt like a, like an eighties, like almost like a Joe Dante or Spielbergian, you know, kind of tribute to that kind of thing. And I get that. I, it, it felt that I had a little bit of that. Yeah. Stranger things. It would have that stranger things. Vibe, yeah. Right? I certainly appreciated the nostalgia. I, I liked all the Easter eggs, the stack of books in the house and all this kind of stuff. Mini puffs aside. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I will, if it made enough money, I mean, you always know box office. If it made enough money, I guess they'll try and do another one. But that's what I'm saying is I, I think it was on the. I think it's on the margins. I don't think that it made nearly as much as they would like to it have. Yeah. So I think it's probably on the bubble. And I think that it's one of those things where if Sony had its own streaming app, like everybody else does, like Warner Brothers or Paramount, I think there's a good chance that they would maybe just serialize and just go, let's make yeah, you produce know, produce one just for their network. Well, yeah. either that or make a series about it. You know, say like we're going to do like an eight episode Ghostbusters series. I think that'd be great but they don't have the outlet really to do that. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, that's the other thing is like, I mean, I look, I, I like the original guys. So seeing Bill back and he seemed like he looked like he was having a good time. Yeah. He looked like he was actually engaged and having fun. Yeah. Um, as, as did Acro. I mean, Ackroyd would have done it for, you know, five bucks probably. Yeah. Um, and Ernie's been working the whole time, mostly in television and he's, he's a welcome presence. So, I mean, for me, I'd want those guys back. I want Dana Barrett when she turned up at the end, you know, when it said Sigourney Weaver and then they cut to her yeah. scene. I was like, great. Oh, this is what I want. This is the movie that I want. Um, I don't know if you can get Murray back. So, yeah, I'm on the bubble, too, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, I, if they make one and it has I those agree. guys, I'll I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, if they make one and it doesn't, uh, I'll wait until it comes to streaming or whatever. Well, at this point... I. That's the last movie I saw in the theater was uh, was Ghostbusters it's in November, and it, I definitely walked out of there going, "Yeah, could easily. I would rather watch this at home." Yeah. So yeah, if there is another Ghostbusters, I won't see in the theater. I'll do like I do most movies. I'll wait forty five days watching at home because it was just yeah, okay, exactly. Frankly. Well, and the other thing is just to to tack onto that is you know these end credit sequences that set up sequels automatically. It, it, you know what I mean, like. Movies used to have to come out and play and earn a sequel. 
the movie, yeah, you know, so, I, I don't have a problem. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with that. And actually, they did the same thing after the Paul the Paul Feig version of Ghostbusters. There was apparently a post credit sequence where they made it where they set up a sequel. It never happened. I, I like that. I don't have a problem. There's nothing wrong with with preparing yourself and wishing and hoping that a sequel is going to happen. I don't know. I just I just think it's weird to be to just assume that like let's let's do this because you don't have to do it. You know what I mean? Like Back to the Future back in the day. They put to be continued on the home video release, yeah. Yeah. but they didn't. They didn't do that in the theatrical. Like they didn't just assume that people would like it enough to want yeah. more. It's a different world, um, we're in. So I just, I just think it's weird when you, when, when you make the assumption like we're going to sequelize. Well, no, you're probably not. Yeah, but I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Um. Anyway, I think. Uh, do we have anything else we were going to talk about? Not this episode. I think that's kind of it, right? So if you are still listening <laughs> at this point, uh, we thank you for listening. Sorry we were away. Uh, we will try and be more regular whenever possible. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to Stage 16, and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care, guys. Bye.